0: I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. And welcome to another uh, episode of Cave to the Cross Apologetics. We are working our way through John Frame's book on apologetics, apologetics as a justification of Christian belief. And uh, we are have just finished chapter five, and now have, we're moving on to chapter six. And this chapter is um, apologetics as proof. So that's similar to chapter five. But here he wants to prove the gospel. So that's what he's going to spend some time looking at this week. And uh, he says, proving the truth of a historical narrative, such as the gospel, as presented in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, is rather different from proving the truth of a general worldview. He says, in the latter case, we can deal with common features of our experiences, its values, truth, cause, and purpose, and those types of things. But in the former, uh, with regard to a historical narrative, we are pretty much restricted, he tells us, to evidence related to a historical period in the distant past. And so the primary sources, he says, are really the scriptures themselves. And so this is going to be kind of like a defense of the scriptures, because the, the scriptures are, as he says here, the primary sources of the gospel. And so he has to jump in and try to give us a, a good defense of why scripture is credible and trustworthy. And so yes. we're going to spend our time working through issues with regard to the trustworthiness of scripture.
1: Right. Right. And this chapter is going to look probably a little bit different than what you expect. Uh, he, I think he has a few pet projects uh, that he uh, responds to in here as well. Uh, that yeah. I think he, he's writing to get off his chest a, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see that as, uh, as we go through. So he says uh while the existence of uh, and many uh, attributes of God are clearly perceived in creation as according to Romans 1 the gospel message is not visible in the world as such so there you have a need for special revelation so uh, creation is kind of that general revelation. The, the thing that uh, we can attribute uh, to God that all men see, that all men perceive, uh, 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 John Calvin calls it the census divinitas. You, you know God exists by experiencing the world and knowing that it's not just some thing that just popped into existence five minutes ago and it's not just something that uh, evolved over uh, all these minuscule amounts of chances to get you to the amino acid uh, from from your to to where you're at today. Uh, You know, the 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 frog turning into a prince over billions of years is uh, a a lot uh, harder to swallow than the uh, the the Uh magic one.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of the distinction here between general revelation, which is what you're talking about, yeah. and special revelation, right. which is what scripture gives us. Right. And so that's the distinction, I think, is what he's trying to get at me.
1: So general gives us a uh, nature gives us the, 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 is the general preacher and uh, here uh, for the gospel, uh, a preacher is needed to communicate the gospel as uh, according to Romans 10. So our main task is to isolate the Bible's own argument for the truth of the gospel message. And the reader here may profitably review the exposition in chapter two of the biblical uh, good news uh, to summarize scripture tells us the creation in God's image our fall through Adam into sin and God's free gift is of his only son to die an atoning death for our sins and to raise us up with him in newness of life that's the gospel right. message that's the good news yeah there you
0: go so you don't necessarily have to go to chapter two he, he gives you a brief summary of right. it there uh, in this introductory remarks. all right so he starts off here with scripture's doctrine of scripture right well, how does scripture seed scripture what is the teaching that's the idea of doctrine what is the teaching of Scripture on Scripture? He says, why should we believe, uh, you know, uh, that uh, the gospel is true, right? Well, it says, it's the, and Scripture, in fact, in general. He says, essentially, because God has told us so in the Bible, you know, and he gives the old song, he says, it's right, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And so the Bible presents us, he tells us, with the doctrine of the Bible. The Bible itself is not merely an incidental human record of Jewish history and early Christianity. Rather, the Bible is what he calls God's self-witness, right? And so the Bible is a witness that God has given us of himself.
1: Right, it's not just uh, the the annals of the conquest of the Medio Persian armies, or uh, you know, here here are the the writings of uh, Confucius of of the, these are good thoughts. It's both a historical concept uh, of, of God acting out in history, and those those events are rooted in uh, history, and and they're declared to be uh, tr- true. Uh, all of it, both God acting and uh, man's response, or hmm. man rebelling and God's response to that. So, uh, that's, that's what we see here in scripture. So as scripture describes its own status and presents itself witness, we come to see it as an important part of the scripture rationale for the gospel message. If we find scriptures, self-description be credible, then at the same time, we will find the message of scripture to be credible as well.
0: Right. Exactly. So he tells us that uh, there's a certain prejudice in our own time against written words, right? right? We like videos and the <laughs> shorter right. the better, right? So if they're, if they're 60 seconds, that's that's right on.
1: Right? Yeah, no more than two <laughs> minutes and you have to change my entire worldview. That's right. And then I'll come to believe that uh, the, the person speaking to me is is a prophet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it says from, uh, from uh, some theological writers, we get the idea that a written word is less authoritative than, for instance, the living voice of a prophet, right? that even the prophet's living voice is lesser authoritative than the direct voice of God, as heard, for instance, at Mount Sinai. And he says certainly the direct uh, voice of God is more terrifying than the written words of God, but he tells us the scriptures do not know any distinction with regard to authority. So the authority of God's written word is just as authoritative, he's suggesting here, as uh you know God the voice of God speaking and on Mount Sinai my right? scripture knows no distinction between their uh you know uh, level of authority
1: right right uh, and, and Jesus believes this as well he he tells the uh the Pharisees have you not read what God wrote to you concerning and what is he what is he referring to he's referring to the old testament scripture he's holding mm-hmm. men accountable to know scripture, especially uh, especially those men. And who was it written to? Well, you know, it was the, uh, these Jews in this time and this place. And it was a recollection of how they experienced God at, at this time and this place. And and we, we don't actually take that as authority. It's just more just how, how the culture of the time happened to come about. No, Jesus clearly says that this is the voice of God and it carries the same exact weight as the creator of the universe um, sitting down with somebody and, and, and bestowing these upon tablets as well. Right.
0: In fact, you know, not one jot or a iota, not one tittle uh, will be uh, changed, you know, uh, until it's all fulfilled. So Jesus right. had a very high uh, view of the written word of God. Right. So the written word has the same authority, um, frame is trying to help us understand as the living prophet, the same as the divine voice. And obeying the written word is the same as obeying God himself. And that's what he wants us to see. here.
1: Right. Right. Thus, it is that God's people gain their assurance of the gospel from the word of God how do i know that and jesus died for me well from the scripture and uh, i think we've talked about this a n- number of times you know it's it's one thing to say well you know uh, it's possible i guess in in this w- world filled of random chance and happenstance and 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 uh, you know one to the uh, infinity power uh, where uh, all life comes about that it's possible that someone who is talking about uh, being raised from the dead is is raised from the dead so th- there you have it but to say Jesus rose for the from the dead to pay for your sins, the pay for your sins there. I mean, th- there's where, <laughs> where the faith and hope relies in is, is in that section right there. We can talk about, you know, the historicity of the resurrection and, and all, all that. And in fact, a couple episodes, uh, uh, I presented uh, um, some of the um, main arguments for the resurrection. But when it comes to for your sins, well, that's where we have scripture telling us for what reason did did a man 2,000 years ago raise himself up from the dead.
0: Right, exactly. So we have the uh, the historical account and then we have the divine interpretation of the right. historical. Right. right the, from your sins is the divine interpretation.
1: Mm-hmm. So there is no higher authority, no greater ground of certainty, though, of course the Holy spirit enables us to believe, understand, and use the scripture rightly. And again, this is something that I, I don't think, uh, people on the other side will probably appreciate, but here you have frame who is in agreement with his Christian beliefs. He's going to cite <laughs> the, the active role of the Holy spirit to enable us to believe, understand, and use scripture rightly, uh, because that's what the Christian worldview says. And so, um, to, to, to deny him that would be asking him to deny, uh, what, what you want actually him to present, uh, as, as part of his, uh, as worldview, as, as part of the truth that he's presenting. And so he says the truth of scripture is a presupposition for God's people. Right. Right. So notice this is kind of a
0: presuppositionless apologetic coming out here, right? Uh, which is what we would expect from frame. He's a presuppositionless, even though he doesn't you know, line exactly with all the Vantilian ideas, he's still a presupposition, right? And so we, we see that here. And, and you know, he, and he makes this contrast so that it's obvious to us. He says in the traditional apologetic, inquirers are told not to presuppose the full authority of Scripture as God's Word until after that authority has been proved by the apologists. Right? So that's kind of the traditional approach. It's kind of a two-step process, right? right? You prove that God exists and that the Word is is authoritative, and then you know you you move on from there, right? He says so. This kind of two-step approach this you're told not to presuppose the authority of Scripture as God's Word until that authority has been proved by the apologist. Uh, so it's that's the process. He says they're told rather to assume. Only that the Bible is a generally reliable historical text. So you just assume that uh, and then go from there. Well, here, what's the issue here? Well, he says in the first place, even the general reliability of Scripture is contested by many scholars. All, and so he's going to talk to us about that. Even so, you know, if you even try to assume that, that is, that's still contested by scholars.
1: Right, and two other uh, reasons he gives is we should never tell inquirers to presuppose less than the truth. Again, mm. uh, in the, that that that's uh, that's something that I think on the face of 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 the uh, classical versus presuppositional, um, the 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 thing that we're trying to be outright with is no, th- this is what we believe and this is what we want to hold to, and to ask us to do anything less than that is to ask us to be less than truthful, and that's mm. that, that's not what. A debate on any side once. no no I, I want you to believe what you believe and and, t- and tell me about it so uh, i want that for the atheist i want that for the buddhist i want that for the mormon for the islamist so i uh we, we should want them to present their worldview, and to hold back that on on our side for ourselves just to make it palpable or easier or less confusing or whatever it might be is presenting the other side less than what we actually believe.
0: Right. And so we should go just like we want them to share what they believe and we can take a look at it. Right. We should be sharing what we believe. Right. And so not assume, you know, that uh, there's some kind of neutral ground and that uh, we can all, you know, get on board there and then look at, you know, everybody has their perspective, their beliefs, their their presuppositions, their worldview, mm-hmm. and we have to acknowledge that we all work from that particular position. Right. And so really what we do is we critique the worldview uh, and then go from there. Right. right. We don't, and, and so we shouldn't ask believers, and this is the point I think he's making, to give up our worldview uh, because what we're saying is that uh, you're asking them to do what he says here, uh, presuppose less than the truth.
1: So uh, scripture is contested. Uh, it it uh, to to do opposite is uh, to suppose less than the truth. And then the third one is the Bible's own argument for Christianity presupposes its own authority in the fullest sense of of what it's saying. And so right. we see that from from the Old Testament, we see that from Jesus, we see that from the New Testament authors, we see that from the early church. Um, so you know it, we we can't just cut out the central role of of the bible of of scripture of believing that it's god's word to his people and to the world um for the sake of uh easability i guess (laughs) yeah so so
0: notice what he's doing here he's trying to prove the gospel but by but uh in that process you kind of have to um verify and prove the scriptures right so that's what he's what he's getting at here that's Mm -hmm. what He's really given us an argument for why the scriptures are authoritative. And so, of course, the, the objection is, well, what about biblical criticism? right? What about, uh, you know, the, uh, the theory that, uh, you know, um, uh, Jesus maybe not have said, hasn't said all, didn't say all the things that he said and that the, uh, the Pentateuch was written by several other people <laughs> and put together, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, what about biblical criticism? Well, he says, for those who are not yet willing to confess Christ on the basis of the arguments above, that is, the Bible is its kind of own self-verification. He says, I do have more to add, more about Scripture's own rationale for its teaching. But before we get to that, you know, he must answer this issue with regard to uh, this objection to the argument that Scripture is indeed authority. And so he wants to spend at least a few minutes here on the idea of biblical criticism
1: right right and uh th- this is um s- something if if you um if you get into debates this is the majority of scholars say or a majority of 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 uh people who study uh the writings of paul only attribute these letters to him and so this wow. is where that type of higher criticism comes into play not all of its wow. best but not all of it's good either We need to take it, take it with everything, with actually looking at it, not just using it as a kind of proof text preholder of, well, I can be confident in this because a majority of scholars have said this.
0: Right. And so he talks about things like uh, the Old Testament, for instance, this is on page 133. He says the Old Testament was carved up into various sources and (laughs) traditions. And the first five books uh, were ascribed to various unknown authors, such as J.E.D., P, and sometimes J1, J2, or so on. This is called the Documentary Hypothesis. The history of Israel was reconstructed, he says. Genesis 1 through 11 was relegated to the category of myth, legend, or sage. The stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were also regarded as unhistorical. And so some scholars have even denied that there have been an exodus, right, of God's people from the land of Egypt. So once you start, you know, down this road, you can, uh, you know, question everything. You right. can question everything. Is, right.
1: is what he this is this is the Peter Enns approach. Uh, Peter Enns just <laughs> says, well, nothing in the Bible is true except for that which leads to salvation. Right. Okay. So like a global flood? Nope, nope, can't do that. Uh, how about the walls of Jericho? Oh, well, we know from pottery shards that the walls of Jericho mm-hmm. never fell. Uh, okay, well, uh, what about the, the, the need for uh, salvation uh, because of fallen sin? Nope, can't, can't do those either. Well, okay, <laughs> so, so what? Well, maybe parts of the resurrection and uh, the cross. That, that, that's as much as I can give you. Uh, so that's kind of the Peter ends Peter approach of, of this uh, higher criticism. So that all, all that's left with you is uh, about three pages of scripture that you have to defend. And uh, even even then, you can probably turn it over to somebody else. Well, Frame doesn't have a high view of this. He says it's a continual embarrassment to Bible-believing Christians that many professional Bible scholars and theologians who are, in one respect, in the best position to defend the gospel are themselves sharply critical of the historic Christianity. This was not always the case, and he says, until around 1650, most, including the most famous theological scholars, were staunch defenders of biblical supernaturalism then the uh, supposed age of reason came in where traditions were jettisoned, human autonomy was lauded and theories honored as much as their newness as uh for their truth uh, occurred. Yeah. and so uh, yeah. that, that that's uh that's kind of where you start having having the critique and it was mostly just well oh, i d- i don't believe this because i don't want to or uh um but let's all start from scratch from from everything and uh if you can uh Prove it to me, then I'll believe it. Well, right. okay, but that that's not how anything works.
0: <laughs> so what we have here then is the kind of the beginning of the age of reason or, you know, uh, the Enlightenment period, that kind of stuff, where man now becomes the authority and everything has to bow to, uh, to our authority, even the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we get rid of all kinds of tradition because human authority is what's uh, superior. Right. And so there's nothing greater and higher than us is what is getting at you. <laughs> And so rationalist, he says, presuppose notice without proof that supernatural events, for instance, never occur and that the human mind functions best independently of any purported divine revelation. Right? We're superior to divine revelation. Uh, we should be able to function independently of it. In fact, we should be able to function better independently of divine revelation and so he says these denials were made not on the basis of any bible study right but before they even began to look at scriptures right? so miracles whatever can't happen well let's you know you haven't even looked at the evidence yet you haven't even looked at the documents yet and so these presuppositions, and he says this word again right uh, were intended to govern the very method of Bible study itself. They were in no way influenced by the actual teaching of scriptures. And so what's his, what's his uh, beef here, his, his issue? Okay. His issue is that uh, the, just like uh, we do, they did the same thing. They went into this with presuppositions. They began to look at the documents with presuppositions, and uh, and as a result, they kind of said our presuppositions rule presupposition is that reason is superior to revelation. And uh, and therefore we can yeah. come up with all of these types of things. And so they had their presuppositions and that's, that's about no real evidence. He's suggesting here, but we just assume these things. And then based on our assumption, this, when we go into the scriptures, this is what we find. Right.
1: Right. This is the, the Jesus seminar. So uh, I put a pebble uh, for, uh for bl- black white and red uh definitely didn't happen may- maybe happen uh, but not the way that we think it is or the, this uh happened and what, what you're left with is uh there were some people in uh jerusalem at the time of year zero where some things might have happened so you know you have uh J- jesus uh, he didn't walk on the water he walked by the water that's the better rendering of this and so when peter's amazed at jesus walking by the water then that, that clearly makes sense of, of why he gets out of the boat and runs to him and starts sinking. Right. Well, except <laughs> maybe not. And so, right, so yeah, so you have this, this uh, 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 con- convince me it's true uh, from from my point of view where the internal critique is not at all attributed a here. And uh, the, the naturalist the, or the rationalist uh, point of view Is just assumed uh, from the get-go without needing to to present its evidence. Well, why can't we do that with just scripture then? (laughs) Yeah. All right,
0: well, this meant- What's good for the goose, right? It's good for (laughs) the game.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What this meant from this point on is the view of scholarly establishment, the Bible would have to be studied from non-biblical assumptions, assumptions that flatly contradicted the teachings of historic Christianity. Again, don't give the universities over to the enemy. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's that, that, that's what we've done here and so th- this is this is what we've we've come up with and so you might have uh the study of the bible uh from a historical point of view uh but that that's all we can get you we we can get you the names and places uh th- th- those are really interesting but uh uh the the, the fact that the uh the passover happened uh, d- definitely didn't so so we can just th- throw those away but uh oh look uh, th- this is a name for uh you know the, the third, third Ramsey's uh, uh, town of, of, at this time. Oh, that, that's really interesting that it coincides mm-hmm. with uh, this this type of naming scheme. Well, that's really interesting. Well, under that presupposition, supposition it was obvious that the Bible had to be treated as any other book. That is a book with a mere human origin and merely human authority. Uh, and these scholars routinely denied the supernatural. And I just have to go on, if he's gonna go on one rant, I have to go on one rant. The book of mm-hmm. Eli was a great movie until the very end, after you find out what the book is, and it's just copied and it's just put on a shelf with all these other books. But the whole movie is about how this one book, uh, spoilers, it's the Bible, uh, causes people to, 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 to use it for evil, for good. Uh, it's a source of hope, it's a source for damnation. And it, it's this thing that everyone, the, the MacGuffin that everyone goes towards in that movie. And then it's just placed on the shelf with everyone else. And I'm like that, that's, that's, that's the worst part of that movie because it upends everything else that it claims to be. Here's the book. That's so important. This person's willing to to fight and die for it and to rescue it. And then it's just shelved with everything else. So that that's what we're doing here in scholarly works with, by giving it over and saying, you can treat the Bible however you want. Just don't treat it, how it views itself and definitely don't view it. How, uh, uh, it it, it 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 um it has repercussions for the claims that it has within it but exactly. any other way that you want to take it as long as you put it on the shelf with all the other uh <laughs> uh of fairy tales or or um uh you know charles dickens then then <laughs> that, that, that that that's where it can stay but definitely don't move it to the non-fiction section
0: right right and so this denying of the, this anti-supernatural denying right, uh, and he says the, the biblical concept of prophecy, for, when she, uh, for instance, which involves the placing of divine words in the mouth of a human being and which includes the foretelling of future events, was simply denied as a matter of principle. Right. We don't even, and so how do we explain it, right? Well, passages that appear to give detailed predictions of future events were dismissed as fraudulent and as actually having been written. After the predicted event, there. So now we've explained it, right? Right. Because there is no supernatural. There is who can nobody can tell the future, and so we just say it had to be written later, right? It had to be written after the fact. That's how we. The book of Daniel is
1: right. a, a perfect example of that. Well, you know, it, it, a, a book can't name King Cyrus there. It has to be written way after. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're putting it afterwards and then we're presenting to the king to, to go, oh, look, you're in here to, to give us our freedom. Well, no, that, that that's, that's not what, <laughs> what the history has, has, has told us from that. All right, so as before, these scholars offer no proof that their methodology is superior to that of historical Christian methods of Bible study instead we are dogmatically told that men cannot believe in the miraculous uh, and or, or occurrences of the miraculous in the age of radios and airplanes how radios and <laughs> airplanes refute for example jesus feeding in the five thousand is rather unclear the criticism uh, uh, the critics own belief in their method is not based on proof in any normal sense it is a presupposition so if they can have their presuppositions why can't we have ours and let's look at an internal critique of how that matches up with it. Well, no, uh, they hold the power. And so th- their, their presuppositions rule the day because they control the universities, they can scroll control, uh, the, the, the publications, they, uh, the, the, they can control who, what peers peer review. And so, uh, you know, the, the, it, it doesn't even have a chance to, to get to the table. Uh, th- th- there was, a there was a, let's see, it was a Japanese, uh, 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 study in nature and it was translated they accidentally translated like hand of god or or something along those lines it made made a a, a deification claim within the confines of of the article and all all these people wrote in to say how dare you include this supernatural claim and it was like oh no 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 it was just a mistranslation from the the <laughs> japanese and it's just Quickly like, backed away. Yeah, he, he, here's just one occurrence of it was even something you know, very uh, me, uh, metaphorical in the sense of like, oh, you know, look, look at the, the hand that God has in creation. Which heaven forbid we we should even consider that. But uh, you, you could have easily passed that away. But here we have uh, you know the the supposed open-minded uh, for for critique scientific community saying, nope, not 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 palatable here to uh, to 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 include this reference to a deity uh in, in your paper how dare you yeah yeah
0: and so he said he asked the question but right even uh with regard to this anti-supernatural and anti you know predictive prophecy and these presuppositions is scripture's teaching about itself credible and so he says, consider first, uh, no other doctrine is compatible with absolute personality theism. So this, he's already made an argument right. with this particular position. Right, If God is a person who speaks with absolute authority, then he reveals himself with nothing less than supremely authoritative speech or writing. And so if God revealed himself in such a way that we could freely criticize his words and believe something else instead then he would not be the God revealed in scripture. One does not talk back to the biblical God. His word, he tells us, has supreme authority, right?
1: Right, so, and, and again, do, do you wanna ask me to present to you an argument that says the Creator, the, 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 there is a being who created everything, who tells us uh, what, what we should do, how we should live, uh, how to get right with him, um, how to have our sins forgiven, and he's communicated it to us in certain ways. Uh, but you know, I, I, I also wanna believe that uh, uh, he's unable to pr- pr- preserve his word. And so I'm gonna give you a, a, a very mashed potato version of, of uh, the authority of scripture. Well, n- no, y- y- you would attack that. Y- you, would, you would want to say, well, how, how can we believe in a God who uh, claims to save us from our sins if he can't even preserve his own word? So uh, th- that's allegedly happened. And so, the, you know, he, here are our inner dialogues with Muslims. We offer that same critique. Uh, uh, you know, Allah is, is so far above himself. He he's he's, he's um, unable to be even held to his own words. And so he lets corruption take place in the Tanakh. He lets, uh, takes place in the Injil. And then why can't that happen with with uh, with the Quran or even mm. the, the way of salvation there? And so, yeah. Here, we're holding people to the standard that they claim to, and we would want that same uh, um, authority uh, claim to us, or it'd be easy to attack it if, if you held it a different way. But it seems like if you want to place at the table, then you say, well, the Bible is interesting, but it's definitely not the word of God. And just as it cannot be disproved by something else of greater authority. So it cannot be proved in such a way. God's word, like himself, must be supremely authoritative and therefore self attesting, right? On the uh, con- conventional wisdom, the biblical doctrine of scripture is implausible. But if you presuppose a Christian worldview, no other doctrine of revelation is conceivable.
0: Exactly. So, first, no other doctrine is compatible with, um, you know, the absolute personality theism that he's been defending. Secondly, Like all other biblical teachings, the doctrine of Scripture will be credible to you if the Holy Spirit opens your mind to it. Otherwise, he tells us it won't be, right? As we might expect, faith in an absolute personality is a supernatural gift, right? So that's the second point that he wants us to see. And then thirdly, he says, this doctrine was taught by many different biblical authors from many different times and settings, with many different strengths and weaknesses, and so none of them found fault with uh, the Bible. All accepted it as their covenant constitution, right? Mm. So here God has made a covenant, an agreement, and he's written it out, and now all of these folks, you know, from various places during various times all have accepted this (laughs) as their agreement, their covenant constitution, a written constitution for those that have made... um, that God has made an agreement. Right. It's the idea of a covenant constitution.
1: You don't see the Old Testament writers saying, thus saith the Lord, if you do this, then I will do this. If you don't, uh, you'll uh, f- f- fall into uh, a wicked perversion. You'll eat your children uh, and uh, you'll be uh, carried away by uh, uh, outside conquerors. Well, it, but God didn't really say that. This is just kind of like our understanding. No, no, the, they took very seriously what scripture said and when they didn't the 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 repercussions occurred and so so we, we always had uh, the reference to a remnant returning back to or, or always holding on to and then returning back to um, in in uh, those times of uh, fulfill fulfillment after the the, the rebellion period and uh, the the holding on to that thus saith the lord uh, is is still accurate is still there people might have gone uh, away from it, but they still viewed it as authoritative. And, uh, they, they, uh, you know, built ashra poles and established other, uh, false gods alongside the real God, not in, in, uh, in, uh, replacement to him, but into addition to him. And that's where, uh, we get a lot of issues, uh, when we read an old Testament scripture. All right. But above all this doctrine was taught by Jesus by the apostles whom he appointed to communicate his teaching and by the prophets of the old Testament who anticipate his coming. And, uh, we'll turn to, uh, Michael J. Kruger and, um, uh, Andres Kossenberger in, uh, authority of scripture, I think is, is one of their books. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up here. Um, where they talk about, um, how the continuation of the new Testament authors to write scripture is almost necessitated uh from the old testament and how it is viewed in uh covenant uh uh, with them um uh, that was uh that was an interesting book to go over i might i might have gotten those uh mixed up i I know michael j krueger is is one of the authors but thus scripture is a necessary element in a great drama of redemption the credibility of that redemption validates the scriptures and vice versa yeah
0: good and so what he's suggesting here is that there are uh, reasons to, buy the, the scripture itself argues, for its own credibility. And uh, as Christians, you know, as we walk into this and presuppose it, then it kind of verifies itself. The reason that you can presuppose that it's not credible and that uh, um, you can have a naturalistic, rationalistic, presuppositions and then of course you have to come up with all kinds of ways to explain away what scripture has to say all
1: right and so uh here we'll take a pause right in the middle of our chapter uh it's a good uh, uh moment to, uh when frame changes uh tracks here to to go back to uh looking at uh rationale for the gospel message and uh we'll join us back next time as uh as we continue on chapter six of proving the gospel with john frame so thanks for joining yeah. us and we'll see you next time
0: See you next time.